Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're talking about hash tables. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. So last episode, we kicked off the season, brand new season, season four, with a new topic, hash tables. Can we do a quick recap of what a hash table is? Sure. So a hash table is a funny kind of data structure in that it has <laughs> two kind of very important but different pieces to it. You have the array, which is where the data itself is stored. It's the thing mm -hmm. that holds all the data in the hash table. And then you have the hash function, uh, which is what decides where the data lives. And it's the function mm. that kind of um, does the decision making of how do I put things into this data structure? Mm. Okay, so it's kind of like when you're in grade school and, you know, you, you line up outside the classroom and then you go up to the teacher and then the teacher gives you like an assigned seat and the teacher says, okay, you're at this desk, you're at this desk. Like the function is kind of like the teacher with the assignments and tells you where to go. And the line is like the array. Yeah, it's like um, you need to have the students in the classroom. Uh, otherwise, it's an empty classroom. And then like, what's the That's point? True. But then you also need the teacher to, you know, make the big decisions and like mm -hmm, decide who mm -hmm. goes where, as you mentioned, and, you know, kind of keep everything in order and, you know, regulated and strict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And... <laughs> We can only have one student per desk, right? Which is kind of an important related part of this hash table situation. Yes. Yeah. You you only want one student at every desk, or so we think. Maybe I'll maybe I'll complicate things <laughs> in this episode. You never know with me. Um, <laughs> uh, and I guess you can, if you want to use a technical term for what that would be in the context of a hash table, we're talking about hash buckets. And those are like the slots, mm. if you think about like in an array or the desks. It's basically the location for where our data or children, students live. <laughs> I feel like we're always talking about kids, which is really funny because we don't have any. Yeah, we, we like always end up talking about children. Or bacon. I don't know why. Maybe it's my biological clock ticking. 
It's my mom getting in my head. That's what it is. Well, I'm just hungry. Okay. That's why I always bring up food. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We record these at dinner time. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, So ideally, we'd have each child at their own desk. So we'd have each piece of data in its own hash bucket, ideally. Mm -hmm. And last episode, I know we talked about this idea of even distribution Mm -hmm. and how that's that's pretty cool. That's really important. Can you remind me why the even distribution is a big deal? So we'll get into it even more today. And I think, you know, it will kind of show itself a bit more. But the, the short mm-hmm. version of the story is that if your hash table and the more specifically the data that it holds, if it's not evenly distributed, then it kind mm-hmm. of defeats the purpose of a hash table because a hash table is great in that you can easily find any data by, you know, passing a key or passing a value to a hash function and be like, just find it for me quickly. But the way that the hash function works and the way that it can do it quickly is because it's evenly distributed. And you'll start to see a bit more of that mm. in this episode today. Okay. I can I can live with that. I'm, I'm excited for what we're going to talk about this episode, which is the scenario when we have two students okay so let's say we have this you know this group of kids they're outside the classroom they are waiting for their seat assignment the teacher says the teacher is very smart so the teacher says you know it's going to be based on your name so alex will be here matt will be there you know that kind of thing and it's alphabetical because she's cool (laughs) and then (laughs) that's what the cool kids do and then what happens is uh, one of the students is named Brian, which is fine. Brian goes to, you know, Brian's assigned seat. And then there's another Brian. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Right? What do you what do you do? Because according to the rule we had so far, they should kind of go to the same uh, the same table. But we talked about how even distribution is not not a good thing. So what do we do now? Yeah. So. In this example, I guess we are, to kind of set the scene a bit more, we're, we're like operating in a classroom that has only 26 tables or desks, right? And every single child or every single letter of the alphabet maps to a certain desk. And inevitably, there is going to come a time uh, that you're going to have two Bryans. <laughs> or, you Darn know. Bryans. Yeah. Those Bryans. Oh, so much trouble learning everything. Um, well, you're going to, I guess the point is at some point with some set of data, no matter what it is, if mm-hmm. you have a hash table with a limited number of desks, with a limited number of uh, hash buckets, if you will, then you're going to have multiple pieces of data that will end up in the same slot, in the same hash bucket, right. or multiple children sitting at the same desk. That's something that we don't need to panic because if you're having some internal anxiety, don't. It's okay. Um, because this. I'm glad that you know that I am having this anxiety. That's. <laughs> you know me very well because I was like, oh my God. I mean, have you, have you ever seen, you know, two kids at the same desk? It's a terrible idea. It, it's a terrible yeah. outcome. So I'm, I'm glad that this is normal and we have a way to hopefully resolve yeah, it. Yeah. Well, the, the teacher, this, this hash function teacher is pretty smart. This is, this is something that okay. she's, you know, she's well, well versed in education. Uh, (laughs) 
She's really great with seed <laughs> And uh, that's really the primary skill <laughs> required for the job, <laughs> in case you didn't know. <laughs> she's, she's, this is not her first rodeo, you know? She's, she's seen these situations occur before. And the situation we're talking about is, of course, a collision. And that occurs whenever a hash table's hashing function ends up with the same index or the same key for two different pieces of data. Mm-hmm. And that's okay uh, because collisions are normal. They're totally normal and we don't have to panic and they actually are pretty common. And the way that we can deal with it is through some form of collision resolution. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds real fancy. Collision resolution. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess imagine that you were a teacher like. Okay. I can already see it. Yeah. Chaos. I can see it too. <laughs> There's just like glue and markers everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> um, and popsicle sticks. Um, anyway, so imagine that you're a teacher. Like, I guess fundamentally, like if you have two kids that are like, you're, you're somehow, you just notice that they're both sitting at the same desk and they're like yeah. fighting and you're like, okay, what can I do? And there's like an empty desk next door. Oh, that's convenient. If it was me, mm-hmm. I would just probably be like, can you just sit at the next desk, you know? Yeah, like, just move over. I, I realized I asked you what you would do, but I just answered the question. That's <laughs> you I would... think it would be strange if I was like, you can look at the desk, but you cannot sit there. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you, you resolve these problems, okay? Pick up the glue, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no desk for you. <laughs> no desk for you. Not until those popsicles are done. <laughs> That's how popsicles work, right? Yeah. Okay, so this, this next... <laughs> This open desk, like that's what we look for. This open desk, does it have to be next next door? Is that important? I mean, I I think it's like a it's a pretty easy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, this one's filled. Just go to the next available spot. Right, right. And I guess this is kind of me like me leading us into a specific kind of technique because I really like the student in the classroom metaphor. But basically, if you imagine that that was the situation and that we are not dealing with students and a teacher, but rather with a hash table and its hashing function, that actually is a way to resolve it. And it is a really simple Mm. way. It's like, I don't need to do anything fancy. There's already something at this this bucket. There's already Mm -hmm. Brian in this array, in this slot. So I'm not going to put it here. So I'll just go to the next spot that's available. And like, That is one way to resolve it. I mean, it works sometimes, you know? And actually, the name for this is something, it's a kind of rehashing where you hashed it and Mm -hmm, it -hmm. didn't work out. So you're like, oh, let me rehash it and go next door and stick it in there. Um, And the term for this is linear probing. Why? Well, (laughs) it feels like not the name I would come up with (laughs) for, for move it over to the next one, you know? Like maybe I would call it move it over to the next one but like linear <laughs> move it over to the next one it's a mouthful <laughs> this no. strategy move over the move over strategy <laughs> but linear probing is definitely not what i would guess that that was why is it why is it called that the reason that it's called that is because it's kind of you can, can kind of imagine that it's probing it's kind of like sticking its head from into one oh. one bucket into the next bucket into the next mm. bucket and it's like is there space here is there space here? Is there space here? Oh, and you're doing it linearly. Yep, exactly. <gasps> and actually, that's a okay. that's a great um, that's a great question because the probing actually makes more sense if you think about like let's go back to our classroom and now there's a Brian mm-hmm. and then there's the other Brian and there's a Brandon and there's a Bradley and there's a oh man uh, a Bristopher and. Oh, Bristopher. <laughs> 
Wait, is that a real name? No, I just can't just come that up, up right? with okay. that many B names. <laughs> so now I'm taking other names and adding Bs to them. <laughs> I love that, by the way, you didn't just stick with B names. You stuck with brr names. Like everything you came up with was like brr. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I really once I once you got me in a role, I was like, I literally will not think of any other names now. Christopher. Oh my goodness. That's that is not a name it needs to be. That's an amazing name. Oh, Christopher. Wow. Anyways, so eventually you you've got all these bees and you're just like Christopher comes along and you're like, okay, well now I'm just imagine you have enough bees to fill up yeah. all the desks, for example, or almost mm, all the desks. Wow. You could effectively probe your way through all the desks or the hash buckets in the mm-hmm. hash table. If you were a hash function, you would if you were probing linearly, you would just mm-hmm. kind of go from one bucket to the next until you find an empty bucket right. and then you just put the item there. And imagine that like you've gotten you started in the middle of the room and you've gone all the way to one end and now you can kind of just loop back around and mm. go back to the front of the room, which is exactly what the linear probing strategy would do. It's what a hash function would do if it was using that strategy. It would mm-hmm, probe mm-hmm. through the table until it finds an empty space. And if it needs to, it can kind of just loop back through the table. But what happens if all the seats are, are taken? Is there is there an option of doubling up? There is an option of doubling up. But let's kind of pretend that that option doesn't exist for a second. Okay. Let's imagine cool. that it's like, like, I guess the option of doubling up depends on, like, how your desks are arranged. Um, but mm. imagine that that's not even an option yet. Okay. There's a bigger problem, which is that I mentioned earlier uh, that we want to, like, evenly distribute our data, our students yes. in mm-hmm. this situation. If you suddenly have, like, all of the bees kind of taking up the front of the room, if mm-hmm. you suddenly have all of your data, a certain amount of input data, like, in a few hash buckets in one section – now your hash table, now your room isn't evenly distributed, right? Uh-oh. Because yeah. you can kind of imagine like, oh my gosh, all of the second row is just filled with bees mm. and now it's going to be really, really difficult to like pull one piece of data out of the hash table. Mm. Okay. And that's actually something called clustering when all of your data in a in a hash table is kind of the majority of it is in a few buckets that's something that's called a clustered table and mm. it's not good it's it's actually oh. a symptom of a poorly designed hash table and hashing function oh, no. on the other hand a well designed hash table would not be clustered it would have its data spread across hash buckets and so like if they if we're talking about the teacher metaphor mm-hmm. a very clever teacher very clever hash function, would know, oh, I need to space out all the students, especially Brian's and Christopher's, because we can't have them all sitting together. No. No. Yeah, no trouble. Of course. You don't want to cluster They'll them. They'll just eat all the popsicle sticks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes, clustering's bad. Okay, so just to make sure I understand, even if there's only one bee child at a desk, if all the children are on one row, let's say there's like 10 rows in the classroom. Dang, that's a really big classroom. Maybe not 10. Maybe like five. <laughs> Maybe five. Like, this is too much. Five rows and all of them end up on the second row. Even though each table is fine, the fact that one row is overly occupied and not spaced out, that's where the clustering issue comes in. Yeah, I guess if we're talking about it in the sense of 
buckets being filled and the buckets mm-hmm. are the tables in this situation, if all the students are at one end of the room, kind of mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. taking up all the space next to each other, that's that's the thing you want to avoid. And that's mm-hmm. the clustering, really. Mm-hmm. And, re- and remember that this is a situation where you can only have one student per desk. Right, right. Okay, so we talked about how the downside of linear probing is clustering, which is no good. We don't want that. Are there any other downsides? Anything else wrong with this strategy? I think the tendency for clustering is the main one. But another Mm -hmm. thing is it could be kind of, you know, slow depending on what your hash table looks like if you are kind of probing through every bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, And imagine that you are in a situation where you're already clustered and now you're like, oh, I'm clustered. Oh, I need to go to the next one. Oh, I need to go to the next one. Oh, I need to go to the next one. And now you're just kind of like going through the table for not any really good reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds really inefficient. <laughs> it, it's not. It, it, it's not like uh, the best thing, I would think. Yeah. It probably depends. It's very hard to always, you know, give a blanket right. statement about a strategy because it depends obviously on what your data looks like and how your what your hash table looks like and how many buckets mm-hmm. you have. And also, if you're not doing linear probing that often, then it's not like the worst thing. It is a solution. Yeah. And you could use it maybe in certain situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as you can kind of tell from our, you know, Bristopher example, I just want to say Bristopher a lot. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years from now, there's going to be so many people named Bristopher. <laughs> All because of this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess the point really is that it is a solution, but as you can see, it very often might not be the best solution. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because when you first proposed it before we talked about how it was called linear probing, when you said, oh, there's two Brian's, just you know, go to the one next to it. It seemed like a like a great solution. It's like, yeah, just go to the next table. But if the next table's full, the next table's full, the next table's full, that can be quite a long time. So it seems like a, a simple operation, you know, asking the the child, the, the piece of data to just move over seems very, you know, just very simple, like not a complicated, crazy algorithm or anything. But I can see that, well, if you don't really have that many empty hash buckets anyway, then, you know, that can take a while. Yeah. And I guess you did bring up a really good point, which is that computationally, it's not that hard. It's pretty right. lightning fast in a way because you basically can be like, oh, if I'm at index uh, zero, oh, I need to linear probe. I just need to do index plus one. So I right. can just be like, yeah. go to index one. Oh, this is mm-hmm. filled. Okay, now index plus one. Now I'm at two. And yeah. that's not that's not hard. It's actually pretty Individually. fast. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. it could be slower than you realize depending on mm-hmm. what your table and your function, uh, how they behave. Interesting. Okay, so considering that there are some pretty significant downsides to linear probing and potential downsides depending on the data that we're dealing with, I assume we have a different option, something else we can do to solve our Brian problem. <laughs> oh, you you're you're getting so used to me providing very very handy solutions. You're like, "Oh, obviously <laughs> Vita, you have a better solution, solve right?" Solve our problems, please. Go. <laughs> Give me options. I will tell you which one I like. <laughs> Yeah, what if I was just like linear probing? That's it. Sorry, you're stuck with this, Saran. No. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't. Breast off. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then for sh- like his short name would be like Briss. And then when he's yes. in trouble, he'll be like, he'll be like, Bristopher, Brian, Bradley, Brad. Buttocks. 
All right. I, I, <laughs> oh, I just wanted to say buttocks. That's all. That's all. You know, any credibility that I had for naming children is now gone. It's so. just gone. <laughs> You're welcome. Didn't you ask me a question, right? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, I said so. Linear probing with all of its, <laughs> all of its. It sounds like pretty significant um, uh, downsides. I assume there is something else we can do. Oh, yes, there is, there is, there is. Uh, there is actually a whole other strategy that is going to solve some of the problems that we ran into. It's going to present some of its own problems. <laughs> Ooh, oh, man, it's never that simple. Computer science is never that simple. Okay, so I guess we'll talk about that on next week on our next episode. But for today, that's the end of the show. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and make sure to check out Vitahe's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. Vita Heat, you want to say goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.